Welcome to Kingdom.Think, where we read the Bible in one year and a little bit at a time to fill our soul, to fill our mind. It's very different reading the Bible in one year because it feels like you're going fast and it almost feels like you're reading it like a story or you're reading it um, not diving into the scriptures. That you want to do on your own time. That you want to do when you listen to a minister preach a sermon and he pulls out verses. The great thing about going through the Bible in one year, at least once in your lifetime, is that now you'll have context. So when you are listening to a message, you can, you can get an idea of where it's coming from in history, in time. So that there will be less misunderstanding or less, um, well, just so that you kind of grow in your understanding of what God is saying. Um, so today we're covering 1 Samuel 3 and 4, Psalms 121, and Romans 5. 1 Samuel 3 and 4, remember Samuel was born of Hannah and, um, I forgot the guy's name, I have to look it up, but anyways, he is now with Eli, he's following him, he's the priest, and he's a little kid at this time, and God's about to speak to Samuel. And one night, Samuel's resting, and he hears somebody say to call his name. So he gets up, and he goes to Eli and and says, um, uh, here I am. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So then the second time it happened. And on the third time, Eli realized, oh, the Lord is talking. It's not me. It's God is talking to him. So he says, if it happens again, tell the voice um, uh, that I am, I'm your, here I am. You, no, no, no. That I'm your servant or speak for my servant is listening. Yep. That's what he said. Okay. So then the Lord, Ooh, then the Lord tells him that he's about to do something in Israel. He's about to punish Eli and the family. It's interesting. The Lord speaks to Samuel for the first time. And he's basically telling him that your mentor, your boss, your priest, all these bad things are going to happen to him. Now that's not the first message you'd love to hear from God, but Samuel was a kid And that's what he heard. But he's learning to hear the voice of God. Not that God was giving him an instruction, but he's learning to hear the voice of God. Some people will tell you, um, God spoke to me or God said this. And we kind of, some of us will wonder, well, how did exactly did he speak to you? Did you hear it audibly? And the person might go, well, you know, it's like, I just knew. And you're thinking, well, how did you just know? Was it a vision? Was it a dream? It's not that one day God just spoke. People who say that, it's because they stayed in right relationship with God or they were in the Word, just like you're doing. They're in the Word every day. And because of that, God will start to speak to them in little things, in small visions, maybe small signs, maybe something you hear, maybe patterns. God will start to speak to people. And He, he's, he does it, but most people don't recognize. So oftentimes it's something very simple. Now, granted, the message here isn't like it's simple, but it wasn't like something profound for Samuel himself. But God was seeing if Samuel is listening, and Samuel's learning to listen to God's voice. And he continued to do, well, then the next morning, of course, Eli asked him what he said. Samuel didn't want to tell him, but he told him anyway. And when I read this, I thought, oh my gosh, Eli's going to punish him for that message. But no, Eli said, let the Lord Let happen what's going to happen. Um, But in the meantime, God continued to speak to Samuel so that Samuel could learn to hear God's voice. 
not just audibly, but in subtle ways. And that's what we do also is like when you pray and you might even say, God, I want to hear your voice. Show me, show me things. And God will reveal things to you. And you want to notice things. I mean, I notice the little things like sometimes um, I'll go into a store and uh, there'll be nobody in line. And there's usually lots of people in line. And it's something so silly, but that but it happens to me all the time. I go and there's nobody in line and I go up to the front and then within minutes, there's tons of people behind me. Is that the Lord speaking to me or is that the God just showing me a little favor? Well, God cares so much and little things like that happen all the time. Or if I find a penny on the floor, I recognize because it says in God we trust. So I always pick it up and I acknowledge that I still trust God and that, yep, God's going to win and God still cares about our country because it's our money and it says in God we trust. It's recognizing those little things and God will continue to speak to you. And then when you need to be spoken the big things, because you've done the little things, God will speak in the big ways. So um, they're still in battle with the Philistines, the Israelites, and the Israelites are the Philistines are just clobbering. Remember, these are the bad guys. They're just clobbering the Israelites because they're sinful people. They're not following God's ways. And at one point, they said, this is not working. We keep losing. Let's go steal the Ark of the Covenant from Eli, the priest. And then God will be with us because they think God is still in the Ark of the Covenant. Now, it's symbolic, but God's not that kind of God, like, like a statue where you could just, it's like he's not a good luck charm. And that's what they were using the Ark of the Covenant. So they took the Ark of the Covenant and Eli's two sons who were evil, bad, bad sons. And Eli wasn't reprimanding them. He was still letting them participate in the, um, the church activities or leadership, but they shouldn't have been. And he, God knew Eli should have reprimanded him, which is why Eli didn't get the benefit of his bloodline. Um, so the sons went out and they thought they were going to win. The Philistines clobbered them, killed Eli's sons, and took the Ark of the Covenant. When Eli found out that the Ark of the Covenant was gone and his sons were killed, he fell over and died, just as was foretold. Now, the daughter-in-law of Eli, who was married to one of the sons, was giving birth, and she named her son Ichabod. Now, the funny thing is, my whole life I've kind of known that name, Ichabod, but I didn't really, I think it's part of a, I want to say a Christmas movie, something like that, or, or an old movie, or an old show. But she named it Ichabod, and it's right here. And Ichabod means the glory has departed from Israel. Isn't that crazy? So the next time you heard, hear the word Ichabod, or the name, now you know, the glory has left, has departed from Israel. Is that funny? Okay, Psalms 121. <clears throat> I'm going to read a little bit of it, but when I read the Psalms, I want to remind you, Psalms is a heartfelt message. So even though I might read it simple, or I might read it fast, the Psalms is for you to go back in your time of need, in your time of victory, in your time of whatever's going on in your life. That's when you go back to the Psalms and you meditate on it over and over and over. But I'm reading it quickly because we're going through the Bible in one year so that you kind of get a sense of where it's at. But reading the Psalms is like um, reading a beautiful, listening to a song when you're going through something hard or a celebration song or, you know, a song meets you at 
your moment. That's what a Psalms is for, um, which is also their songs. Okay. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not stumble. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will never slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over you, over your life. The Lord will watch over over your coming and going, both now and forever. Okay, I read the whole chapter. But can you see how, let's say a mom is maybe it's nighttime and her child is not home yet and she's distraught and she's prayed, but she's desperate. And it's like the the hours just keep going. Well, this is a great Psalms to read over, to, to speak this life over your child, to speak this protection over your child over and over and over and at night. I mean, can you imagine the Lord watches over my son? The Lord is the shade at at his right hand. The sun will not harm him day and the moon will not harm him at night. So you see, if you speak over your child, these Psalms, because these Psalms are anointed, that's how you are to use the Psalms. So even though we're going over casually, just remember they're perfect for you to go over and use as weapons and as tools. And then we go to Romans, Romans 5, where Paul is speaking wisdom. He's still like massaging this message of the gospel of Jesus into the Romans. And now he's going to talk about um, how Jesus came and was died so that our sins would be justified. So we would be justified. And let's see, what is, and justified means to be made right. So he kind of explains how when Adam came through one man, sin came into the world. Even if you tried to obey the law perfectly, even if you tried to do everything perfectly, there would be still sin in the world and sin in our bloodline. So because of Adam, there is sin in our bloodline. So when Jesus came onto the scene and died on the cross so that that bloodline could be severed, it could be injected with Jesus's blood so that we have a choice now to, to turn away from all that sin. Um, it doesn't mean it's not, it's like, um, it's like it's, it's an option. It's a choice. Now we get to choose to have a clean bloodline through Jesus or continue to walk in our sinful bloodline through Adam. Um, let's see. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our lo- our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the into this grace by which we stand, and we boast on in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, not only so, but we also glory in our suffering because. So it's not that we want suffering, but suffering is just part of life. And in the suffering, we can still have a relationship with God, and we can still have faith. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God loves, God's love has been poured out into the hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Because God made mankind for a relationship with him. God made mankind for a relationship with him. Then sin happened. 
and the people were choosing to follow the sinful ways instead of the God's ways. And as we remember, because we've read the Old Testament, we know how God created the Ten Commandments, but he also instructed the people how, how to have a right relationship with him, even though they kept choosing the wrong way. And God knew this. But now he brought Jesus Christ onto the scene to redeem everything and give people a clear choice without sacrificing animals, without being so strict on the rules, but that even when we sin, our sins can be washed away through Jesus right here. And this is exactly what Paul is explaining to the Romans. I hope that was kind of clear because it's, it's like he's a departing wisdom. Every word counts. And so when I summarize it, it's not quite the same. So I really encourage you to go back and read Romans because it's just so full of wisdom and insight. So I do my best to summarize, but it's not like reading the whole thing. So I hope, if anything, I encourage you and motivate you and inspire you to pick up your Bible and read these chapters. That was 1 Samuel 3, 4, Psalms 121, and Romans 5. Have a great day.